and we're back Uh, what's going on long time no speak uh i have taken a couple weeks off from this but i am finally back for i think will be the last episode of the year since it is what the 28th um welcome to episode six i hope everyone has been having a wonderful holiday season a wonderful december and wind down to the end of the year hope everyone is spiritually mentally physically in a great space right now um i know this time of year is hard for a lot of people but i hope you're holding up in some capacity so yeah i took a few weeks off um a lot going on finals holidays And really, I just didn't have anything that I was like dead set wanting to talk about. So and I'm big on this. uh, If I'm not like dying to talk about it, I'm not going to waste my time. Like just having a filler episode of nothing to talk about. So, um, yes, I am here for episode six. As you can hear, I decided to go with Tamiya. So into you for today's background music. Um it's a little bit of on the topic, I guess, or it's just a nice, it's an upper positive uh, song that I like. So I thought that I would go with that. Um, hope everyone, well, I don't hope, but I wonder, are you guys setting any New Year's resolutions? I don't, I'm not one of those people who like shames people for having New Year's resolutions. And I know everybody is on their like y'all better not be in the gym on January 1st, like shaming people about trying to work out and not going through with it type of hype. But I'm also not someone who's going to make like a long laundry list of New Year's resolutions. However, my one resolution has been next year, I want to take more, I call them fresh face photos. And I say that because if I see another fucking out of control face tuned selfie from somebody I'm gonna scream like it's taken over it's 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 not even just filters it's like a filter a face tune makeup plastic surgery all that on one face and like I mean not for me personally but just seeing it on other people has made me drastically want to pull back from <laughs> the whole altering of photos now that's not to say I'm gonna stop filters completely that's a little dramatic but um you know showing your face when it's freshly washed or um just a selfie that doesn't need too much retouching I would like to get back to because I just feel like and I had this well I kind of came to this epiphany when I wanted to get my teeth done and after talking to my dentist about it and he kind of told me I didn't need to do that it's like I feel like the 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 conflict that you reach is do I want to alter myself for one but then do I want to alter myself to look like everybody else and I find that with a lot of these filters everybody looks like everybody and then there's some filters that like people have fake eyelashes and fake eyebrows and it's just it's a lot going on so (laughs) for me personally my um my new year's resolution is to get back to um being secure in my flesh and skin and and not afraid to show that without altering it too much and 
hopefully that maybe sets a trend a little bit. I doubt it, but I'm hoping that, um, yes, we see more of people's actual faces because like there's so much going on that some people begin to not even look human anymore. And it's just, it's over. Like I can think of 10 reality people right now who every single picture they post, there's face tune, there's makeup, there's plastic surgery. And it's like all these layers on that one face. It's like, it's making you look like a caricature of yourself and not your actual self. But to each its own. It's not my place to judge. But for me personally, that's my New Year's resolution to maintain my skin in a healthy way um, and be okay with showing it untouched. Um, so I wanted to talk about the future of this show going into next year. I officially had the idea for this show one year ago when the best man final chapters was announced and i initially wanted this to be like a recap of those because i love that original movie so much and i like the series actually i wish it would have i wish it would be a regular series um but my initial when i first decided to do this my initial thought was that i wanted to recap those episodes and then I didn't enjoy that. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't as familiar with doing this as I am now. And so it wasn't that enjoyable to me. But um, since then, I've, if, I've gone through several iterations of figuring out what will work for this show. If you're looking, I think if you look at the thread now, there should only be five episodes. Because I deleted the reviews that I did. And I want to start fresh and I want this to have like one linear focus. Well, you know, it's the topics are going to range, so it's not going to be one linear focus, but I want to stay in the realm of like realistic things and not necessarily TV shows or entertainment or gossip, whatever. So I really want to um, stick with the topic of black intimacy um, or just intimacy in general, queer intimacy, black intimacy, whatever. And, um, you know, dive into real life experiences and thoughts and all that. And so, um, yeah, I want to going, starting, uh, next year, I want to kind of stay on focus with that and maybe have some guests on and some more, um, deeper topics perhaps and just like you know make this a, a regular thing whether rather than every couple weeks so um I'm hoping to do that uh now that I kind of have like something that I'm sticking with um you know entertainment may influence some topics in some capacity just because I'm a pop culture junkie but I just don't want that to be like the main focus so uh, I would like to, you know, as I say, this is this is a form of therapy for me, right? Like I go to actual therapy, but this is also a way of me um, being vulnerable and learning to be more transparent and uh, sharing things and experiences that I go through. So I really want this to be that platform for that and for myself to get comfortable as I transition into my career of doing this and working with black relationships, black families, 
um, in a therapy setting. So I'm hoping to use that, hoping to use this show for that. Um, and I appreciate those who listen because it keeps me like knowing somebody's listening lets me know that I'm like, you know, I have an audience for my thoughts and that's always, you know, phenomenal to feel like. So yeah, thank you for listening up until this point. And I promise that as the show goes forward, I will be more consistent, more transparent and more, um, you know, diving into a variety of topics as I go. Um, so I wanted to start this episode with a quote. So I've been reading this book called Spiritual Anatomy, Meditation, Meditation, Chakras and the Journey to the Center by Daji Kamlesh De Patel. He's also the author of The Harfulness Way, which is interesting because considering the passage I'm going to read. So I had one in mind, but then I was reading further and I found another one. And it says, heartfulness is precisely the feeling the word evokes, a life guided by the wisdom of love. Where there is love, there is inspiration, enthusiasm, and energy. There is courage and compassion. There is hope and growth. Heartfulness practices imbibe the essence of love. It is a system of Raja Yoga adapted to support the busy and challenging lives that we all lead today. To that end, there is no you must do this and you have to follow this in heartfulness. The system is designed to align with the body, natural, the body's natural rhythms and energy flow, helping one progress faster. For this reason, the system is also known as the natural path, although the name heartfulness is more prevalent now. I thought that little passage was interesting and what this book really is about it's like finding natural ways to center yourself and um, you know drown out the noise and finding ways to get in touch and aligned with where you want to go what you want to do and the path that you're trying to take yourself on it's a really good book I just started reading it like last week but You know, I always try to be a meditation person, but I say that like, even when I'm silent, I can still hear noise. So meditation has always been something hard for me, but I'm trying to get better at it. And I'm trying to find books and um, natural ways to do so. So I thought that I thought that was interesting. And yeah, it's a little it's a little on topic for today's show. Um, Just in centering yourself and, you know, not putting so much investment into other people. And like, because when you put so much emotional investment into other people, you often end up disappointed because you want them to perform a way that they don't even have a clue that you want, but your expectation is there for them to have a level of emotional intelligence that they may not necessarily possess. Which leads me to this tweet that I posted like a few days ago. And it says, let me see, I should already have it pulled up, right? But I don't. So let me see if I can find it. I mean, it basically said that being an... 
emotional, um, emotionally intelligent man, especially a black one, is very difficult because, oh, here, here it goes. I found it. The downside of being an emotionally intelligent man, especially a black one, is that the bar is so far in hell for you to effectively communicate that when you actually do it right, it's met with the most childlike responses. And I tweeted that because I have found that as a man in general, right, the ex- the expectation for you to have for you to possess emotional intelligence is very low. For a black man, it's even lower. The the range of emotions that you're expected to have are lust, anger, violence, and rage. I I feel like you know, uh, men are limited to those four emotional ranges and so um i have found that in relationships or in interactions with other people specifically men that when you are vulnerable and in are able to communicate your emotions to someone oftentimes you're either met with silence or you're met with one word or one word with your words right (laughs) one word responses or like just something left field and off topic and just like where did that go and I mean that also could be the person but it also I feel is like you're not expected to be able to do that and so when you actually do and I mean I'm I'm you know I'm getting there I'm not necessarily fully transparent and fully forthcoming with all my emotions. However, um, I can, if I feel a certain way about something, it's very obvious. I, I, I express that through body language, through words, through, you just know when I'm feeling some kind of way about something, right? And so I feel like oftentimes, like there's this other meme that I see that's like, no response is is a response and that is just the most childish bullshit to me like i feel like no you're you there should be some response like no response is a is a is a child going into a corner and turning their back on you it's very it's just it's not adult like communication in my opinion and this is coming from someone who i once was the king of the silent treatment but silent treatment in the context of something going on right not just you expressing something or communicating something to me and i just go silent i feel like when you do that it's very childish it's very you know just unbecoming of you that you can't formulate some kind of thought or articulate some kind of thought or express your emotions in some kind of way and so um when I was saying that I was like it's really for men especially but black men that it's okay for you to just not be able to communicate how you really feel about something or use violence as a way of expressing of communicating how you feel about something And it's just, I feel like sometimes I'm on an island by myself where it's like, okay, I'm here and I'm wanting you to like, you know, I'm wanting you to, to, to grab a paddle and, 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 and move this boat along. But 
you're just kind of there and you're just sitting with the paddle and you're not doing anything. So, you know, I don't know. I wanted to just talk about that really quick because, but that, it kind of, that kind of leads into the main topic today, which is projecting your expectations onto a potential partner or someone that you um, are romantically involved with. Right. And I have discovered that this is a problem that I have really bad and that I've always had really bad in, in selecting partners, um, is that I often see the potential in someone versus who they really are. And when I say that is that I'm always looking at someone, you know, previously it was little things like, okay, this person doesn't dress the way I want them to, but I can fix that. Or they may not, um, they may not be on an intellectual level that I want them to be, but I can fix that type of thing, right? That's always been my kind of like thing is, is the fixer. I can, I can mold this person into being who I want them to be, but now at 35 I've figured out that I can't fix I can't fix a person right I can't fix another man especially into being this figure that I want them to be despite me seeing the potential in them or is it even really potential or am I just looking at it with rose colored glasses and like thinking this person could be that but they really can't be and so Um, like I've just always, I've always been like, I've always had this, I guess you could say a bit of a complex of like, you know, I can make this person be how I want them to be. And I've, that's never worked for me. Like when, when you say, and how's that going? It's going really shitty actually, because it's never worked. And in fact, you actually end up, um, seemingly making a person more resistant and and you wanting them to exude qualities that you perceive are better for them they actually lean into the opposite and lean into the more negative qualities that disappoint you and so um you know i really and not dating seriously for what is it five years whatever i have taken a step back And I have, like, had to evaluate certain situations and reflect on certain situations and realize that it's okay to walk away from a situation that's not fulfilling you. And it's also because you're not going to, if a person hasn't communicated all their life, especially into adulthood, you know, you're not just going to make them suddenly start communicating overnight. And it's also not your job to teach them how to communicate. I mean, if you want to pay me to be your therapist, then we can work on that. But in terms of like, um, you know, me, me making this a, a laborious task of you learning how to communicate as an adult, I, I can't do that anymore. And then also, I mean, it's not even just that. It's also like just um, wanting people to level up is not the the 
terminology I'm looking for because who's to say that my level is up or whatever, you know? But I'm just saying, like, to want a person to behave, I guess, or um, be emotionally aligned with what I'm wanting from them is is not fair to them in a way because you're establishing an expectation that this person doesn't even realize you know and so in a way you're forcing them to perform how you want them to perform and show up for you and that just may not be how they show up in the world naturally and just showing up for you the way that you want them to is actually not fair to them. It's not fair to you because that's not who they really are. And when, you know, I'm a big, um, I have I have the idea that, especially in times of anger, you really get to see who a person really is. Or I always say when you come for a person, that's when you really see who they are. I think that's why like Housewives and those kind of shows are so fascinating to me because I feel like when you come for a person, when you come for their character, that's in, the way that they fight for it and the way that they show who they are in order to defend it is who they really are. And I think that when you force a person to wear a certain mask or to, um, you know, perform perform a version of themselves that appeases you is not fair to them. And it's not fair to you because you're not really getting a, a, a natural reaction to them. You're not getting who they naturally are, which means you're really just in love with or in lust with or um, in a relationship with a, a character that you've created, that you've curated in taking from who they really are and instilling the qualities whether that be how they dress how they communicate um, what they like to do you know they're they're now performing not only are they performing femininity or performing masculinity just naturally because we all perform in some kind of way but now they're performing a version of their personality that you want them to rather than who they naturally are and in a way I've been on the opposite end of that like dating someone who I felt like they were constantly trying to change me right or they were constantly trying to make me exude qualities that just aren't naturally who I am and despite me really liking them, that was like extremely uncomfortable and extremely off-putting. And just, I found that it, it was, it became very much a task and very much um, lab laborious and, and something that I had to do in order to keep them attracted to me. And I don't think that that's, it's not healthy for either person in the, um, in the situation and so I, I you know this idea of projecting your expectations and there was another I, I'm telling you memes have taken on like a, a new thing for me I find them so fascinating because I I'm always overthinking so I tend to look at deeper meanings behind them and so uh, one that I saw was ask yourself, do I miss them or do I miss the idea of the future I expected to have with them? And I thought that was like the definition of this, right? 
And like, there are people that I'll reflect on and I'll think like of um, a positive moment with them. Or I tend to have this thing with remembering how I met people and the nostalgia that goes with that. And so it's really like, do I really miss that person or do I miss the version of them I was hoping they could be? And I think that I have that really bad. Like I, I, I tend to think, well, if, if we would have just did this, then maybe it could have worked when in actuality, you know, it just didn't work for whatever reason. And so it's like, you create this. And I think that queer black men have this really bad of like creating this imaginative love of that you're going to have with somebody, right? This romance that you're going to have with somebody if they just perform the way that you want them to. And ultimately it doesn't happen because it's the basis of the relationship is more than likely just sex or there's no, um, to borrow a line from Shawnee O'Neill, there's a substance issue. There's, there's a lack of, um, there's a lack of substance between you two, but because the person is so physically attractive, I'm going to make myself more attracted to them, you know, because they're physically, and I've been there too. Like there've been people that I have been so physically attracted to and in lust with that. I kind of like, I can, I can bend myself like a pretzel into, into bend my mind into a pretzel of like, okay, I'm willing to tolerate this because they're so physically attractive. Which is also another, you know, another just not good thing. Because ultimately, physical attraction and sex goes but so long. And there's usually a feeling of vacancy and a feeling of emptiness after that. That their personality or the, the lack thereof can't can't satisfy or feel. And so... Um, where was I going with that? Oh, okay, I know where it's going. And so, um, this, uh, this, this idea of projecting your expectations onto someone else, I think is really harmful in terms of establishing an authentic intimacy. Um, because to me, intimacy is all about being able to be who you really are with this person. You know, monogamy has a lot of critiques and I, I'm, you know, I'm fully aware of that and I'm open to that. But my personal preference in life and in partnership is monogamy. I think for me, that's what works. Now, the idea of monogamy can be restructured from the white supremacist, Americanized, colonized, Western culturalized definition of it. I think that there I think that when you invoke uh, a black lens into uh, monogamy it can be restructured but for me personally a one-on-one relationship is what works for me and so um, I think that vulnerability and and intimacy with a person is drowning out all the noise 
from everyone else. Like, I, I'm always fascinated how couples go on reality TV and the audience can break them up within a season. The audience can get into the, the wife's head of like, oh my God, he's talking to you like this. Oh my God, he's making you look like a fool. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And so then, I, like, I, I, when I say that, I instantly think of Portia and Cordell. Um, when Portia first came on The Housewives, right? And she was like this picture-perfect, performing femininity, performing what a wife, in her mind, a wife is supposed to be. And as the other women got into her head and as the audience got into her head, you saw her kind of like wake up and distance herself from that. Now, I'm not saying it's a negative thing, but I'm always fascinated how people don't really see that for themselves. And it takes like you, you're, you're unable to you're able to sleep with this person every night and lay in bed with them and talk about whatever but you're unable to communicate that they make you feel like they're stuck in this, that you're stuck in this performing box of performing how you want them to, how they want you to show up, which is actually that I, I always find a point in here somewhere, right? I always, so that kind of brings me back to, um, you know, what I said about projecting your expectations and Cordell warning her to, be this now depends on who you hear or have heard that may be for various reasons why he <laughs> why you know he wants her to perform uh femininity or womanhood in a certain kind of way but that's not what we're here for right so um was like okay so um like a person has an idea of what they want a wife to be or what they want a husband to be, right? And so they are going to mold you into that. But what I'm always so fascinated by with couples on, on reality TV is that the person has to know in the back of their mind that that's not who they really are. And so it takes encouragement from the viewers and, the, and your castmates to tell you that this is not who you really are. Why are you, why are you letting them mold you into this? But in a real relationship, you don't have the audience. You don't have the, I mean, a person has friends, but nine times out of 10, you're either going to look at your friend as a hater or you're going to uh, think that your friend is preventing you from romantic happiness or you're just going to let your friends over, over influence how you show up in a relationship. And they're, you know, because you want to perform for them, you no longer perform for your mate. So like all of that is negative to me. Like there's no side of that. That's really positive. And so, um, you know, in a real relationship, you don't have that, that viewership to tell you that you're showing up in a way that isn't authentic. And that really comes from, you know, wanting to appease that person so bad. And I found that in wanting to appease a person so bad and wanting to show up how they wanted me to in a relationship, like I said, it was very exhausting and it actually made me more resentful towards them 
because it was like feeling like I wasn't good enough. And then I've also been on the other side where I felt like I was making a person be a version of themselves that isn't authentic or that isn't who they really are and try as I might, you know, it's not, they're never going to be what I've created in my mind of how I want my fairy tale or relationship to, 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 to manifest as. And so I just find that it's very, um, you know, in being your authentic self with someone, there's a level of relief. There's a level of, even though I have to go out into the world and I have to not only perform masculinity or femininity, but I have to perform a corporate version of myself or a school version of myself or a, um, a, a friend version of myself to my friends with my intimate partner I should be able to perform my real self and 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 speak how I want to speak watch what I want to watch eat what I want to eat behave how I want to behave in a non-toxic non-harmful way but I should be able to be that authentic version of myself without the judgment of that I get from the outside world But in relationships, you often find that it's hard for people to to be that with someone like if a person is not like I always feel like in a in a partner in an intimate partnership. Right. I want to foster the environment where you can really let your guard down because I want to let my guard down. And if I'm unable to let my guard down, it's it's exhausting and it's a. you know, you're you're always on. You're like an entertainer. Or you're like a comedian. You have to always be on and always be this entertaining version of yourself or this performance ver- version of yourself that isn't really you. And it's not, um, you know, whether that's always having to be set. Like when I see sometimes the this whole like narrative of like keeping the marriage alive and being sexy for your partner and having threesomes with people in order to keep the fire alive type of thing. Is that really, is that healthy? Like that you have to have threesomes with other people in order for your partner to be satisfied? Like, isn't there a conversation that you guys could have about what intimately turns you on or like, like those love and marriage Huntsville people I thought were interesting when the guy was like, his wife suffers through sex because he needs it. Like, isn't there, isn't there a, a, a level of compromise that a couple or a relationship should be able to have where you tell a person, this is what stimulates me sexually and you doing this is what turns me on. Like, I'm the kind of person, I can't have a relationship or a physical relationship with someone where we're not communicating what makes each other feel good right I'm not going to I'm not going to engage in in sex that isn't stimulating you if that makes any sense and I don't want you to engage in sex that's not stimulating me and when I say that I mean it's like you know, why do A when I want you to do B and C and B and C would be much more appreciated than A 
but because you think the the sexy keeping the relationship thing alive is doing a you know so i i think in a relationship like there's constant performing that people do when there shouldn't be like i think you should perform for your friends you should perform for your professional peers you should perform for your um educational peers but in a relationship or in a partnership because I tend to lean towards the word partnership more than relationship in a partnership you should be able to they should be able to help you perform for everybody else but with them you shouldn't have to perform and I think if you have to perform there's a level of um, of being inauthentic and you know, you don't have an outlet from that because if you're performing for everybody else and then now you have to perform for this person, who's really your outlet of like being your true self or do you ever get to be your true self? Are you just your true self in the shower? Like, cause that's the only time you have by yourself. So that's when you get to be your authentic self. Like if someone isn't helping you foster that environment where you get to be who you really are, like where, where do you show up as who you really are? Like in what, because you can't do it with your friends because you constantly, you, you have to constantly be either the life of the party or the, the same, you know, down to earth one, or you have to be whatever role you play in your friend group. You have to, you have to constantly be that person. Even if you're telling them things about your relationship, you're telling it from your perspective and in a way that makes you the protagonist, right? So you're not truly you're not truly being your authentic self because you're telling them in a way to garner sympathy in a way for them to see things from your perspective. And then your professional setting, you're just, you know, you're code switching and you are showing up as the professional version of yourself. But in a, in an intimate partnership, shouldn't you be able to be all of those things, but then also take the mask off and, and show up as who you authentically are and they should be able to appreciate that because they should not be projecting their expectations on you and I have found that I can no longer do that and it's I say that it used to be the worst trait that I had and not only for the person I may have been dating but for myself because I then was often disappointed when that person couldn't live up to the expectation, whatever that may be. And, you know, it's really because no one's forcing you to have those expectations. Allow that person to live. Allow that person to, more times than not, who they really are may exceed your expectation. And it may, you know, it's like trying a new food, right? Like, you're hesitant and like though you know it's probably really good it looks really good in the picture but you're like uh it has this or it has that in it and i don't really eat that but i kind of want to try it because it looks good and then you try it and you're like oh my god this is the this is the best fucking dish ever i'm like i'm gonna order it every time i come here type of thing like you really you know if you that was a weird analogy, but it, it's like if you, you know, 
if you assume that all just because it has these two ingredients in it that you don't like um that it's gonna taste a certain way but then it's been cooked in a totally different way that you have never tasted before and so it's like oh my god i never knew these two things could could taste so good and so i kind of feel like when you allow a person to show up as who they really are and what they really like and perform how they feel like performing you know you're always going to perform to some degree like even in your intimate partnership i'm not saying that you're just gonna you're not gonna be who you are alone like who you are alone is only you know so you're always gonna be performing to some degree you know like rupaul says Drag is not the only performance. You know, men perform masculinity all the time. Women perform their version of femininity all the time. We're, we're, we're human beings and we're constantly socialized. We've been socialized to perform in some capacity. And I mean, in some ways, even when you're by yourself, you're performing a version of yourself that makes you feel good. You know, so unfortunately as human beings we're never gonna stop the performance we're always in drag as rupaul says like and your drag may be showing up as a manly man despite you being very sensitive when you're by yourself or you showing up as you know this bitchy mean girl in fact you're really insecure and you're really mean because you're you know unhappy with yourself but there's always a performance to some degree but i think in an intimate partnership you should be able to say this is my performance version of me but i want you to see the real me like i want you to see the dichotomy between the performance me but i'm also i'm also willing to to pull the curtain back and show you who i really am now i may not be this person 24/7 but this is who I really am. And there's also nothing wrong with compromising, right? Like in in the relationship that I'm thinking of or the, the situation that I'm thinking of, like I felt like it was exhausting performing the version of myself that they really liked, right? But I'm also willing to compromise in... Now, that's not to, you know, to go back to the earlier, the threesomes and the, you know, that... To me, that's not compromise. That's full on changing who you are in order to appease somebody. When I say compromise, I mean like I always like going to a certain store, but I'm willing to shop at this place because you know what? They do have some nice things and you have a great sense of style. So I'm willing to let you lead me on that type of thing. Like it's okay to compromise without fully changing who you are but also you don't necessarily always want to be resistant to something new like it's okay to have balance and so um you know in in the idea of projecting your expectations onto people if someone is willing to compromise for you that's a good thing if someone is willing to see a different side of themselves that perhaps they don't see they hadn't seen until you came into their lives that's a good thing but I don't think that you should force someone to 
be a version of themselves that isn't authentic to who they are or they aren't willing to evolve into not just to appease you but because it's a better version of them and I think on the flip side of that you also can't be resistant to um you can't be resistant to compromising for someone right because they also see a version of you that you, you they're gonna they're gonna be critical of things that you're never gonna be critical of about yourself and I'm I've I used to not be open to that, but I'm open to that as well. You know, if a person, and that goes back to communicating and saying, like, expressing how you feel and you're not being, you're not meeting my communication with silence, but instead you're saying, you know what, you say things to me in this tone and it makes me feel a certain kind of way. I would appreciate if when we, have disagreements you don't talk in this tone to me right that's 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 how you communicate your discomfort with someone that's how you communicate you know you're you're not feeling heard or not feeling right with them right you should be able to if 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 you communicate with that if you communicate that to them and they just go silent and they don't say anything you make me feel this way when you act when you make me feel uncomfortable when you act this way and they give you no response like that meme says no response is a response well what the, what the fuck what I, I'm, I'm telling you how I feel and you're meeting me with no response or I'm telling you how I feel and you're meeting me with well I've always I've always been this way and I'm not willing to change what what like you're you're an adult like I could see a child like I'm telling my child hey don't climb on the monkey bars because you you often end up falling and hurting yourself well I know I've always done it this way so I don't want to I don't want to stop doing it that way okay well keep hurting yourself I'm I'm letting you know that doing continue continuing to do it this way is not conducive to you enjoying yourself but for an adult like if I'm telling you how something makes me feel and you're meeting me with silence or you're meeting me with resistance or you're meeting me with and this is the worst to me this is like the I can't stand it's like you communicate something to someone and their response is well you do this well I mean, you'll see this a lot in digital spaces, like when you're conversing with people online, it's like, well, this person did this. Well, that's another childish, like, I I don't like it when you, I don't like it when you leave your shoes in the hallway. Well, you leave your shirt in the, like, ugh, I cannot take adults who communicate like that, like, who are there's no level of receptiveness there's no level of like just self-reflection or introspection or hey this person is probably right and they're not just they're not saying this just to 
challenge my character. They're not saying this just to make me feel bad, but maybe they're saying it so I show up better within this intimate partnership. Am I, am I, I feel like I'm like, I feel like I'm the only person, especially a man on this like island by myself. And I, you know, you really see this with men, like, you know, as, as adult and men and everything is wrong with women and femininity is negative and all that. The, the, the male response to things is so childish. It's so well, and, and like, I say this, like you really see this with straight men in digital spaces, right? Well, a woman did, if this was a woman, like I saw on a post, I forgot, it was some fat guy, I don't know, Rick Ross or DJ Khaled, I don't know, somebody. And it was like, well, if Lizzo showed up like this, what, what? Stop, y'all want to be bad bitches so bad, stop, like... There's nothing more that irks me than a, well, you did this, and if this person did this, especially from the, I just don't understand how in a patriarchy, you know, as a man, you show up in blaming women for everything, or you show up in, like, your counter to everything, well, if women can do, if, if, but women always, like, there's no, the word accountability gets thrown around a lot these days, right? But what really is accountability? And not just, you not just saying sorry, because I want you to say sorry, but accountability is actually taking account of what you did wrong, evaluating it and showing up better. And it's not, you know, you did this first, so I did this. That is the most juvenile, childlike, ugh, like, to show up in a partnership, to show up in a friendship, to show up even in a work relationship as a person who constantly, your constant response to things is, well, you did this first, or this person did this to me first, is just so and that's the only I can't even find the word to describe that those kind of responses to me it's just I might as well have children because I I don't have children yet and if you're behaving like that within an intimate relationship with me then I'm going to treat you like my child right if you're if you constantly respond to me with well you did this first then I'm going to I'm going to tell you when to come in the house. I'm going to tell you when it's time to eat. I'm going to tie your shoes for you. I'm going to treat you like my child because that's emotionally the level that you're at. And that's if, if you're going to deal with me at the emotional level of a 10 year old, I'm going to treat you like my 10 year old. And I don't have kids, so I shouldn't have to show up as a parent in a relationship. I don't even know how I got on this. I just start thinking of that ignorant ass, childish ass response of, well, you did this to me first. Anyway, getting back to my point. <laughs> my initial point was projecting your expectations onto people. And that, right, that what I just was like quasi getting heated about is an expectation you 
can project onto someone. If I'm expecting you to show up as an adult in a communicative communicative way and and just us having a, a dialogue and you show up like a 10 year old. Oh, we're done. We're finished. I, I don't really have any more to say. I'm gone. I'm do- I'm 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 not doing that. I'm not showing up that way. I've given too much as my adult self. Um, I pay too many taxes. I work too hard. I pay too many bills to show up in an intimate partnership with a child. I'm not doing that. Good luck for you. But in terms of how you uh, how you want someone to show up in a meaningful, healthy conducive way I think that you know you can't put expectations on people and you have to um, be mindful of how you try to influence someone being who they already are and sometimes they're just there is no changing some people they're set in their ways and you have to either be okay with that or you have to you're going to You have to endure the misery that comes with being with them. And some people are willing to do that. Some people are some, a lot of these marriages that you see, one person is so miserable because they, they want to have a man or they want to have a woman so bad just to say they have one that they're willing to tolerate the worst personality traits and characteristics in a person. Just, just because if you don't have one, it must be something wrong with you. That doesn't work for me. And if there's no there's no emotional compromise or there's no um, level of emotional intelligence that that you can show up with, that's going to make it really difficult. But as far as me trying to change who you are to appease myself, I've, I've backed away from that. And I hope that any person that I encounter going forward has has doesn't have those intentions of like trying to make me show up in a way that isn't authentic to me because more times than I'm going to get really annoyed with you and I'm going to stop you know talk even talking to you on the phone is a task now because I, I have to put this mask on and I have to be the version of me that isn't who I really am and it's exhausting and it's it's not conducive to us having a, a healthy relationship. And also, you know, the other way and, and, and constantly disappointing myself when you don't put your mask on and show up how I want you to show up for me. Because the expectation that I'm putting on you is like a coach on an athlete and you're not performing to the place. You're not you're not executing the place that I want you to execute. And so I'm, I'm constantly disappointed in you. And so, you know, I just want people to foster healthy intimacy environments for people, whether it's your friends, whether it's your um, your partner, whether it's even your coworkers, foster environments where people are comfortable around you and they're not constantly having to be a version of you that. I mean, a version of themselves that you've curated in your mind that's ever changing because you're not that person. So you're just always nitpicking at things for them to fix. And I think that that's, 
you know, that's that's my thoughts on that. Like, just I want to be better at that. Me personally, I want to be better at lowering my not not lowering my expectations, but not not putting them onto other people. And when a person meets me with silence as their response, that's my way of saying, you know what? They can't communicate in a way that I want them to or me communicating to them. You know what? I really like you. I'm very attracted to you, but I feel like our level of communication is not it's it's not congruent. And so I think that we should um, we should remain liking each other's stories and, and liking each other's pictures um, and, and reposting each other or, you know, texting each other once every blue moon. But as far as like establishing some form of regular communication, um, yeah, it's not going to be not going to be healthy for either one of us, I don't think. So I'm communicating that to you and I wish you the best of luck. And yeah, wow. I went I, I got really involved in that and it's almost been an hour already. But I thought that topic was very um you know, it's something relatable for me. It's an issue that I've had. It's an issue that I've been on the receiving end on of the receiving end of and I think a lot of relationships and a lot of intimate partnerships would be much healthier if we didn't impose on other people. Um, versions of them that aren't true to who they authentically are and we would save ourselves a lot of disappointment by not doing that um was there anything else I wanted to talk about I don't think so um I wrote two other topics I wrote public humiliation. I might do this on a, a future show. Shout out to Erica De Niro and the public humiliation badges. The, the girls carrying their public humiliation badges. You know, Tamar is um, engaged again to her pink meat. And so, you know, I, I may do a future episode on at what point do you take off all your all those humiliation bad those public humiliation badges? I said shout out to Erica De Niro because she's she's the or the originator of this term of the the public humiliation badges. The girls are so desperate for a man, they're so desperate for a partner, they are willing to tolerate any kind of public embarrassment in order to have one. And at what point do you? You know, going back to the, the going back to the the topic that I discussed here, and 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 projecting your expectations onto people. At what point? At what point do you do you lay those those expectations on the ground like a sword and stop being publicly humiliated in order to maintain? I can't even call it a relationship. It's a transaction. You humiliate me and. I get some kind of validate. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not even going to get on, in on that topic because that's a whole nother diatribe. Um, and then I wrote curating the partner you want to be. And this is kind of the opposite of uh, the projecting expectations on the people because do we do enough to curate the healthy partner that we want to be for somebody. 
and I feel like that's at a that's a stage that I'm at now and you know my trepidation with getting into relationships with people is also is wondering can I show up how I want to show up for them can I be the support system can I be the lover can I be the friend that I feel I should be for them and are they willing to put in the work to to curate the version um a healthy version of themselves to be a partner for me because a partner is an extension of you right it's it's a friend is an extension of you but a partner is also an extension of you and you have to take maybe not necessarily all your best qualities but a lot of your more um, empathetic and and understanding parts of your personality and and giving that into a partnership and so instead of feeling like we're changing who we are for that person could we curate a version of ourselves that is um a friend a lover but also an overall support system for that person so that may be a topic that I do, um, I guess, next year. Today's the 28th, or right? I don't think I'm going to do. I may. I procrastinated on doing this episode, like, for a, a good week. So I may do one more just to knock two, two out of the can um, before the new year. I don't know. I may. Because um, this, one, this one went pretty long, and I kind of, like got in a nice little groove of talking about this so maybe I'll do one more but if I don't um I hope everyone has a great new year I hope everyone is in a safe place for new years and even if you're at home in the bed I hope that you're in a positive mood I hope that you have an optimistic um view of what you want to do going forward you may not have any new year's resolutions again my new year's resolution is to take real pictures of myself so i hope that you know wherever you are on new year's eve or whatever mindset you're in that it is positive that it is uplifting that it is healthy and you are not taking emotional baggage mental baggage into um the next year and focusing on things that you can't change and being mindful of the things that you can change so find something to indulge in that makes you happy whatever that is as long as it's not harming anyone else indulge in it be happy be healthy um, and let's start a new year from day one and let's be Let's let's try to work on being the best versions of ourselves, the best partners for someone else and just overall good people. Is that too much to ask? I think the world needs more good people. So I'm droning now, but (laughs) all right. I thank you for listening to this. If you made it all the way to the end and um, I hope if you don't hear from me again, you have a great new year. Peace.